substrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? And the little glass vial goes into the gun like a battery. Can you talk like a normal volume? And not whisper existentially like something terrible has stolen your life away? I never got over when Ash gave away Pikachu. (laughs) Oh no. But seriously, could you talk at a normal volume? (laughs) I know it's it's an emo movie we're talking about. I know he came back later that episode. But it, I was still forever wrecked from it, and I don't know if I've ever fully recovered. I'm so sorry. So we saw a movie, and the movie was okay. Wait, we got to uh, introduce the podcast first. Well, I'm still talking because you never told me to stop. Okay. Uh, are you ready? Are we done? Like, are you done testing me? Yes. Okay. So now I think I'm ready. Okay, good. Hello and <laughs> welcome back to Scream 101. My name is Sergio and my co-host name is Brennan. And today we have a treat for you. Do and we? by treat, I mean I'm so sorry. Yeah, in, with, in Halloween and with horror, there's tricks and there's treats. And I think we done got tricked this time. Um, we watched the 2008 well, opera, a Repo, the genetic opera. Um yeah, before we get to that, though, let's do our 10-word reviews. Sergio, what do you have to bring to the table today? Colossal. Anne Hathaway brings levity to this otherwise dark subject matter. Uh-huh. Um, my review for Colossal is great alternative roles for Hathaway and Sudeikis. Stories only okay. <laughs> Gifted. Chris Evans had me at adopting three cats. Oh, that was a great scene. Gifted. Not even Chris Evans's beard can save this generic bore. Cabaret. Another musical. Oh my for god! Our talk fans. like you're interested in anything that you're saying. Cabaret. <laughs> another musical for our adoring fans. Um, very progressive for the time. This movie belongs in the history textbooks. Ooh. My review of Cabaret is glitzy production numbers with abject Nazi horror. Liza's superb. Alright, Brennan, you have one more movie for us. Do I? Primary Colors. Oh, because Sergio made me watch Primary Colors, which is like the Clinton story as dramatized by John Travolta and Emma Thompson. As dramatized by Anonymous. Sure. What? Anonymous wrote the book. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, eventually the, it came the, out. The, the hackers? Like, eventually came out. It was like some Newsweek writer or something or other. But I mean, it was published anonymous, anonymously. Okay. Um, okay. A review of that um, puts a human face on politics. One hour too long. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, all right, Brennan. So, uh, can you give us that uh, summary of this movie that you made me watch? <sighs> I also let you be greatly distracted from this movie, so you're yeah, welcome. Yeah, he did. So, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, in the not-so-distant future, a worldwide epidemic of organ failures devastates the planet. Out of the tragedy, a savior emerges, Geneco, a biotech company that offers organ transplants for a price. Those who miss their payments are scheduled for repossession and hunted by the Repo Man. <laughs> and that's not the plot of the movie at all. That's just kind of like the description of the world and how it works. Yeah. 
Um, um, in terms of dystopian movies that we've seen that involve organs and the future, uh-huh. I have to say this is not my favorite. I liked Never Let Me Go a lot better. That is better, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie's basically if Tim Burton combined King Lear and Titus Andronicus and became and deaf, r- blind, and dumb in the process, and Rapunzel and an Avril Lavigne concert, <laughs> you'd get somewhere close to Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as brought to you by the director of Saw Two, Saw Three, and Saw Four. Um, you know, the best ones in the franchise. I mean, two of the best ones are in there. Otherwise known as the Golden Three Saw films, basically. Um, yeah. Um, this movie is well interesting. We'll talk it's about an it. Experience. Yeah, we rated everything on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. And you know what? First, I'm going to explain the plot a little more really quick. Um, Alexa Vega from Spy Kids plays this girl who's deathly ill, and she's, like, locked up in her bubble, kind of. Is she really deathly ill, or is her dad just overprotective? Um, spoiler alert. We're going to spoil this movie. It turns out it was kind of a case of, like, the Munchausen by proxy thing. Like, he was making her sick uh-huh. so he could protect her or something. Um, her dad is played by Anthony Stewart Head from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was Giles. Um, Sergio's giving me a look because you've never watched that show, but it's great. No. Was he never on an episode of Angel? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see all the earlier episodes. I only saw really the later scenes. Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry. That, that's fine. Um, so there's this comp. There's not really a plot. Like the dad is the repo man who's like taking people's organs away when they can't make the payments because like surgery is really popular in this world. Uh-huh. Is all surgery popular or is it just like body surgery or is like dental different? What? Is dental different? Is dental included in this terrible scheme? I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I only ask because you sent me this dentist and I need to know. Oh, I sent you on Instagram a very hot dentist that my dad actually told me about. Really? Yeah. See, I figured I was like, did your dad tell you about this dude? His father works in dentistry. Oh, I mean, he didn't learn it from dentistry, from his work and whatever. He just found him on Instagram? No, um, <laughs> it was some, the intern on this radio show has that dentist. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so she's sick and he's like, he's secretly the repo man who steals livers from people and he works for the company and the dad of the company is dying and he wants to choose which of his three kids will like inherit it. But he's kind of like Willow, Willy Wonka-ing it and uh-huh. he's going to try to give it to Alexa Vega and there's an opera and a lot of people die and it doesn't really make sense. And it's bad. What's So what's your scariness rating? Um, scariness rating. See, for this one, I got a little creative. Okay. What I did was I gave it two ratings. Interesting. I gave it one for scariness and a brand new category, yawns. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. I gave it one for scariness because at no point was I frightened for anyone's well-being in this movie. Uh huh. In fact, I felt the movie could have been greatly uh, improved upon by, by reducing by being turned off. <laughs> yeah. By reducing everybody's life expectancy and just, you know, being done with it all. Okay. Um, it got four yawns though. Wow. Quite a bit. I'm impressed. So not, not, not many movies can claim that, but this one does. And so cheers. Hats off to you, Repo. Great. And I also, I also gave it one out of five on scary, scariness because it's, how many yawns? I did not rate it on yawns. If you were to rate it on yawns, I. how would you rate it on yawns? Three. See three. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, it, it's it's a goth movie. It is for goth people. It is like hot topic made a movie. Uh-huh. Um, and that's not scary. 
that it's certainly a style. It's certainly an atmosphere to evoke, but it's not scary. <laughs> it's pretty gross a yeah. lot of the time. They were really effective at developing that atmosphere. Yes. Um, How much see, it appealed to you know people outside of that circle? I don't know. Uh huh. No, see, because this movie is not for us. No. Um, I thought it might be, and I was wrong because mm-hmm. I'd never seen it. Um, it. Some of the lyrics were okay, if I'm being like honest. We'll talk about the music. I didn't think the, it was great. Okay, by uh-huh. no means am I saying like, oh, let's go find the soundtrack to this. Uh-huh. Um, but if I'm being honest, I thought that they were okay. Okay, great. Some, not all. Some of the songs didn't even rhyme, okay? No, I know. And what is a song without rhyme? Just Free someone verse. like yelling loudly <laughs> to like some supposed rhythm. Basically. I think I'm going to introduce a section where we talk about the music more in depth. Okay. Because um, you introduced a yawn section, so we can, we're just going wild today. Yeah, this movie pretty much free-willed it, and so should we. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, this this movie, we it's a, it's a very unique thing where I can recognize that certain people of certain persuasions will view it as a masterpiece and I don't begrudge them of that. I don't think anyone will view this as a masterpiece or like a cult masterpiece. Like okay, you have to you have, thank you. Fine, it got it got rocky horrored to a certain degree Did like it really? It, yeah, it got picked up by a cult who like makes kind of a live show out of it. And I don't know if that happens anymore, but it did at the time. And like it's strange to think about that like in twenty years your high school kids are gonna be like, Dad, but we have to do repo the genetic opera on Saturday night, let us stay out and you'll be mm. like, You kids back in my day we had wholesome pictures like Rocky know, Horror, Rocky Horror, Horror or something. No, I I I don't think anything will ever have the longevity of the Rocky Horror picture show. Because that's an incredibly special movie with great music, but that's not what we're talking about. Um it's it's just not for us, so take our ratings with a grain of salt. But it's also probably not for you mm-hmm. if you're not 16 mm-hmm. and have black dyed hair. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what's your campiness score for Repo: The Genetic Opera? Um, campiness score gave it five. Noise. So it's I I think we're gonna get a bunch of fives this month because it is musicals. Yeah. Um. And you're like people don't normally sing. Yeah, I mean everything, everyone in this movie are just is just so very campy, and like you described earlier, it's like the four p.m. shift that Hot Topic decided to make a movie, <laughs> yeah. and this is what was the result of that. Yes, um, there's. I also uh, crossed off perms as like you know we rated on perms. I put in regrets. Oh no, four to five. You. You were I just spending the whole movie just being sassy. Yeah, I think that's what I think I've done that before though. I think I've done regrets. Before. I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like I have. Um I gave it four out of five perms. You mean regrets? Nope, I don't. Um there are some you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of elements to this movie. It's very much a grab bag of a bunch of different styles. Like uh Bill Mosley and Nivek Ogre play two two brothers who are like part of that rich family. And they have the weirdest relationship, and they have a bunch of like Three Stooges yeah, and one sound of them effects. Is foreign. Yeah, one of them's like sounds German for no reason. I say Italian. You have no idea what you're talking about. He sounded Italian. Italian's like the like if it it was if it's a broad Italian accent, it's like go give me the heart of the person, and he was just like you give me the heart of the person. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, um, I guess we just have met different Italians in our lives. I guess uh, so. But he's, I, I was just, I was so bothered by the fact that he was Italian. 
yeah, and the other, three the children, other, his, his, and only one of them has, you know, an accent. Well, he also has which like is odd a because face you were, stapled to his face. You were annoyed by the girl having a British father, which is wholly in the realm of possibility no, in the world. No, I wasn't. I was just saying. I was saying that because of the pale makeup that everybody has in this movie and how completely devo- desaturated the color is. Alexa Vega, a Hispanic girl, can reasonably play this, the daughter of Anthony Stewart Head, who is British. Oh, okay. That's that the point sense. I was trying to make. Okay. You just weren't really listening. I, no, I wasn't, no, so I weren't. apologize. Please um, excuse my previous statement. <laughs> anyway, Bill Mosley is in this movie. He plays the son that does not have a face stapled to his own face. Um, I thought that like effect was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a cool effect. It was a cool mask situation, uh-huh. like leather face-y. Um, but Bill Mosley is kind of like a horror... Uh, B-movie icon. He was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He's in a lot of Rob Zombie movies. He's a cool dude. And I think he brings this sense of fun to the movie that's just really strange and unpredictable. Like, he constantly is tearing open his own shirt for no reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing in yeah, this movie. Yeah, that was odd. I was like, okay, there's a scar there, but am I supposed to know something about this scar? I guess he's um, flaunting the surgeries that he has had, maybe, which is, like, a thing. Yeah, because it's, like... An addiction, I guess, for them. Yeah, it, it's it's an addiction. It's a status symbol. Uh, it's like it's like I guess it's supposed to be a metaphor for like plastic surgery. What was the deal with that thing that they were all addicted to, like street something? Uh, yeah, there was like a a painkiller that was that's used for the surgeries, but it's, it's also like, like a street drug. Soma? No, I mean it's their version of morphine. Okay, I it's a pretty direct analogy. Okay, I liked all the excess skin in this. You mean like how Paris Hilton's face fell off at one point? Well, no, not like that kind of excess skin. We can talk about that in effect. Oh, later. we're talking about like nudity? Yeah. Yeah, the, Paris Hilton has a cotillion of bodyguards who, uh, like, emphasis on the body, uh-huh. <laughs> not so much on the guard. Yeah. Um, they were just background dancers pretty much. Yeah, they were great. I love them so much. They were wonderful. Um, and then that one dude's always taking off his shirt. And then there's a uh-huh. chorus of women who sing and dance at certain points in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like sexy nurse ladies. Uh-huh. Um, oh, there's a part that just my last thing I can't finish. There's a part where um, the repo man is like taking all the organs out of this one guy. And then he just shoves his hand in there and makes him into like a ventriloquist dummy to sing along with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I really liked that part. Yeah. He was tickled pink, just laughing it up. And I was just crying tears of prolonged of, pain. Of Instagram. Yeah. And resent. But let's get to effects, which is kind of what we were gearing towards. What's your rate? Out of out of five organs, what would you give it? I give it three faces. Oh, fine. Whatever. Wait, you want me to give it more? No. You said faces instead of organs. Oh. <laughs> so that, that um, was my... Uh, yeah. I thought the effects were pretty good overall, I guess. Um, I feel like I'm also being very generous because some of the effects to me had negative returns, which would... Caused me to lower the rating. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? What do you mean by negative returns? I mean, like, uh, it was a very stylish movie, but at the uh-huh. same time, it was very drab. It was so stylish to the point that it was just dull to look at. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I mentioned earlier with the, like, desaturation. It's, like, really, it's hard to even focus your eyes yeah, on. Yeah, because I was like, where do these people even begin? They all seem kind of hazy at certain points. Yeah, um, like Vaseline's on the lens, and they're really uh-huh. pale. And it worked for certain things. Um, like one thing that I thought was cool was that the pic- like there was a lot of 3D in this movie. There was a lot of 3D animation. Um, there was, right? Uh, 
Oh, you mean like CGI? Yeah. Yeah, like the cityscape is kind of, it's like very, it's CGI. Like the city is not a real city. Uh-huh. Because um, this is very low budget. The entire set was built on one soundstage. Really? Yeah. Um, Which is impressive. Uh, and they, some of the, they made that work. They stretched it. They did an okay job. Uh, so, yeah, one of the things that I liked was like those kind of like 3D rendered pictures on the walls, I felt. Right. Oh, there, there, there's like portraits on the wall of yeah. like the dead mother, and the, uh-huh. yeah, those are weird. They were like X-rays almost. Yeah, that, that that was cool. Like that was an instance where I thought, okay, this is uh-huh. this is interesting to look at. But for everything else, when like for the most of the movie, you're looking at the actual people acting and whatnot, and like when it comes to pra- brass tacks, like it was just it was just boring. Uh huh. But had, what does that have to do with effects? The effects kept me from enjoying the film, is what I'm saying. Oh. Are you talking about like the filter on the color as an effect? Yes. Okay. Are you telling me that's not an effect? I, I'll, I'll, I'll count it. I won't argue on that one. But in my FX is, is like the gore and the way that they create things out of thin air, like Paris Hilton's face falling off. Okay. To me. Because that didn't really happen. Okay. So what would you put that under then? Overall rating? Yeah, you can mention it there. Look, I'll I'll count that as that, but that's just not what I would think. I would think. So, I mean, I would like for this one. I'm going to stand on my yeah two no, feet this time. Okay, and say that yes, it does count as an effect because this whole thing is meant to like it's world building. Okay, um, and without that, like you kind of rob the movie of what it's trying to make. Okay, I'll take it. Which is a weird. I'll allow it. Thank you. There's nothing in the rule book. Thank you. Um, I'm giving it four out of five organs though, because I do think for such a low budget movie, it really, like, it really kind of used its ability to be gory to the umpteenth degree. Like, it's a really gross movie, just of people getting cut open and stuff getting pulled out of them, and it never really adds up to anything. Yeah. But I think it's reasonably well rendered. It's like believable and gross, and uh, there are little. This is just a stylish thing, so I'm I'm gonna use your definition. Um, the intro to the world and also a bunch of the flashback sequences are rendered like a comic book. Oh, I thought those were cool. Yeah, those were the best parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. They were the most crisp and clear scenes. That's true, and you can actually see read the words so you mm-hmm. can understand what's going on. Yeah, that was the only way I knew what anything was happening in this movie was through those little backstories. It was like, and then Marnie was with this guy. Yeah, and then she was with Lester or whatever the hell, Roddy. R- Roddy, right? Yeah, R O T T I. Roddy. Yeah. It just sounds sounds like I would never mind. Okay, dead silence. <laughs> well, what does it sound like? No, it, it, Roddy with a D, but it's Roddy with a T. Okay. With two T's. And another T. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the only ways that I got any information out of this movie. Maybe it's because I was on my phone half the time, but maybe Yeah, I had to fill you boring. in on a lot of things. It, I, I, I don't begrudge you of that. Thank you. Um, you know what? I want to hear what your quality score is. I mean, I didn't give it one. Like, I didn't take D- it. It's just off the map completely. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it two. Okay. Um, one, this, like you said, this movie was very low budget. Yes. Um, but I do think they did a really good job building this world that I hated, <laughs> but I'm sure someone will love. Yeah. And they deserve some credit for that. Mm. I think the lyrics were okay. They could have been better. I mean, everything about this movie could have been better for me. I don't know if uh, if for its target audience for its target audience it needs to be better though. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm also giving it two out of five unlucky stars. It has this incredibly singular vision and style mm-hmm. in evoking what it's trying to mm-hmm. say. Yeah. But it's too grimy. It's too grim. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally unique, and I really respect it. Yeah. But it's, um, you mentioned earlier, like, when uh, Paris Hilton's face uh, fell off. Like, yeah. That was a really cool effect. Yes. And not only was that a cool, like, a cool effect, I felt that that's something that I believed could happen in this weird world where everybody has scars and yeah. like, has that weird mask. So I was like, okay, like, it convinced me this is something that could actually happen. And like you know me, I'm one. Yeah, <laughs> you you resist unbelievable things. Yeah, so I was like, kudos to this movie for being able to pull that off. Yeah, it invented a world where this could happen, and mm-hmm. it made that consistent. Okay, yeah, I, I I get that, and no, yeah, what I'm saying it's totally unique and totally singular, but in a direction that's exactly the opposite of my interests personally. Mm-hmm. And so I had a really rough time with it, but I can totally see where other people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um. What do you think about all the characters, like all the actors themselves? Oh, you know what? I'm going to use this to introduce the music as well because okay. it's essentially an opera. There's not a lot of spoken dialogue, so the acting is usually done through singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Alexa Vega had a surprisingly good voice. She has like a kind of crisp she was okay. clarity. It's not like the best. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked the grave robber character. As played by Again, okay. Terrence Zadunik. Um, I just thought he had this incredibly deep voice that was really um, impressive uh-huh. and really uh, idiosyncratic. Um, I don't know. I just felt what like... I think of Mags. Oh, the opera singer who is blind and has yeah. magical robot eyes? Uh-huh. She had a good voice. Uh she didn't really make an impression on me because she wasn't really a character. Yeah. Her character never made that much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just really, the gay, grave robber guy, not the best performance in any spoken dialogue, but anytime he has to sing or do like the musical theater patter where it's like talk singing, mm-hmm. I think he's really interesting and like you can't take your eyes off of him. Like he steals the focus from anything else in the frame. I think that's just because he's so... Like imposing, like he's yeah. just a big dude. No, he's a he's he's a commanding presence. Uh huh. Like he has the hair, uh huh. Like the Fabio hair. Yeah, he does. And the very crisp white, well, powdered face. Yeah. No, I that very much. He and if you combine his makeup and the accent of the brother, you'd get Bert Schnick, which is a character from Shock Treatment, the sequel to Rocky Horror. Um, and which, I. Just, Everybody has seen by this point. Oh, for sure. If you listen to me, you should watch it. Um, but there's just all these like elements of cult, other cult films that are kind of piecemeal thrown in that I thought were interesting. But what what did you think of the performances and the music like in general? What do you mean? What did you think of the performances and the music? What do you mean? What it, what what else would it mean? It's like pretty straightforward. Oh, more question. specific. What did? Who was your favorite actor in this movie? My favorite actor. Thank you for being more specific, Brendan. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with Alexa Vega. Okay. Even though I was confused as to who she was multiple times, I was like, is that the same girl? Yeah. Uh, why is she well, with this guy now? How, why is she leaving the house? Yeah, and she looked like the mom, and she looked like the opera singer, because uh-huh. they're just chicks with black hair and white faces. Mm-hmm. They were all corpse brides. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked her opening music number. What was that? She's in her room saying something about being sad and oh, locked yeah. up. Uh, 
that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, I can't elaborate any further. Yeah. Whatever happened in the end? Like, who ends up where? What happens? Who gets the factory? Honestly, I have almost no idea what happened in the third act. Um, And why is that? It just didn't make any sense. Okay. Um, I thought you tuned out like me, and I was like, I did tune out a little bit, but I was tuning out. I was not on my phone. Um, So, Alexa Vega is offered the company a la Willy Wonka. Um, from <laughs> and she doesn't take it, and she like runs away, I guess. And her dad is dead, and I think Paris Hilton becomes the head of the company, and her brothers are kind of like cool with it. And her face that fell off, she auctions to the highest bidder, which happens to be her other brother. So he like has it stapled to his face, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, so Alexa Vega just runs off like there's no romantic interest involved. She doesn't end up with the grave robber. No. Oh. See, it's unique. It is unique. Um, frankly, I thought the lyrics were not great. I think we're okay. Um, they there is certain song. There's one song that I'll talk about that I really genuinely loved. The genre, even the genre of music, which is very like met. It's metal as inflected by opera and certain musical theater tropes. And that's not something that appeals to me in any way. It's a lot of hard guitars and shouting, and I'm like, okay, come on. Um, it was listenable. Yeah, it was all right. It was kind of shrill. Uh-huh. Um, but the lyrics were kind of like Lin-Manuel Miranda lyrics if he was terrible. Okay. Because his lyrics are very wordy and very descriptive. Um, it's like... That's kind of what operas have to be, though. Especially if you're singing everything. I guess you're right. Les Miserables has some of that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, I am from the gutter too. We are friends. No, we're not. Whatever. Um, that was an excellent. Um, who's that guy? Russell Crowe? Yeah, Javert. Yeah, go Mad Max. What? He's oh, the, what? Because he's Mad Max, isn't he? No, it's Mel Gibson. Aren't they both Australian though? Yeah. Okay. So by that metric, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> was also Mad Max. He was, he was the best one so far. <laughs> frankly, I thought Liam Hemsworth's Mad Max had a little more nuance, but um, I'm listen. I'm just that. explaining why I got them confused. I know. Um, anyway, frankly, I thought a lot of the lyrics were really. Now that you bring that up, I shouldn't be so mean to them, mm-hmm. but some of them didn't rhyme when they should have. Like not rhyming is a totally fine thing to do, but it was in a song that rhymed, and it was not for a purpose. Uh-huh. And it's like if you did A, B, A, B, and then all of a sudden you just throw D out there for no reason. Yeah. It's like just put a little extra effort and do A, B, A, B, A, B. Or if you're going to introduce that dissonance, it has to be for a reason. Yeah. That like draws people in. It just in. seemed lazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was weird. But there is one song where that patter um, really appealed to me. It was a song kind of describing how the like painkiller addiction works and you have to put it in this gun and like shoot it against your body. And it's kind of exploring Paris Hilton's addiction to surgery and to painkillers. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like uh, the music man and his performance of that song. Like there's trouble and there's trouble with the capital T and that rhymes with me. And that's, that, I don't know the lyrics. It's very fast. Um, they, they actually did a parody of it in crazy ex-girlfriend where she's talking about um, the winds of change. No, the the she's trying to canvas all the people in the apartment um, to be a part of the um, lawsuit for the water board or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, "There's no water." I don't know. Never mind. That's totally a tangent that nobody will care about. But 
Basically, <laughs> the end point of my talk about the music is is that Paris Hilton was the most interesting thing in the movie, and uh, that's not a good thing. <laughs> no. Um, although I love Paris Hilton's music, and I had fun with her in this movie. And she brought all her own clothes, which is wonderful, because it's this like cyberpunk, weird, sci-fi, near-future world, and she's like, oh, I have that. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, any last words about Repo, the genetic opera? Nope. You said more than I ever could. Okay. Um, yeah, that's going to be what that is. I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week, but first here's how to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Uh, please give us five stars because thank you matt yeah oh yeah thank you matt for your review is very kind and very well thought out and well worth the two years we've waited for it just kidding i've it's only been waiting one year so uh-huh <laughs> no thank you for listening and tweeting at us all the time and being awesome um and i'll see you this weekend <laughs> yeah at, well uh, this episode comes out way later so, so i'll, like I'll later? have seen you in the past yeah um but next week, we're watching a movie that promises to be much better. Um, it is Phantom, Hairspray. Phantom of the Paradise. Hairspray. It is a Brian De Palma film from the late 70s. Good morning, Brian De Palma. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to explore that one. I have the Scream Factory release of that movie, so it's going to be super crisp and clear and wonderful. Our theme song. No question. Yes. Are you going to sell this movie at Amoeba this weekend? Repo? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just checking. So come catch my copy of Amoeba. <laughs> I mean, my copy of Repo <laughs> at Amoeba later this week. Um, you know me so well. Yeah. Um, anyway, so our theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. Thank you to them for letting us use it as always. And until next week, good luck on your journey. And stay gold. Beautiful. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gorgab Podcast, hosted by yours truly, and DJ Gill. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gorgab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.